Hello, and welcome to episode 30 of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I am Cher. And we're your Queen Bees. Happy birthday, Audrey. Thank you. <laughs> it is the day after my birthday today. I am shockingly not hungover. I was hungover this morning. I mean... I, like, I ate a... I ate some toast and eggs and drank a lot of water and that's, I recovered. Yeah, that's a good call. Usually after drinking, I wake up kind of early and mm. then get myself some water and then get back in my bed. And and so I did that from about like 7 to 10 where I just drank water and laid in my bed. <clears throat> but, and then I got up and was like, okay, I have to eat for sure, but yep. I think I'm, I think I'm okay. Yeah, I had volunteer hours this morning, and it was hard, hard to get up. Yikes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I had I had some tea, I had some coffee, I had an, the one egg left in my fridge and two <laughs> pieces of toast, and I felt much better after that, so. Yeah, I mean. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like, 100% now. Yeah. <laughs> God. Turned off it's the volume Twitter. on the. I turned off the volume on my computer. My phone has full volume on. <laughs> so. Um. But yeah, I, I yelled at someone last night for simply talking to our friend Ari. Yeah, big shout out Ari. Like <laughs> you're great. Um. Um. Yeah, I said, don't talk to her. She's taken. So, peak drunk Audrey was I, I don't even think you said she's taken. I think you said she's spoken for, which is even weirder. <laughs> and the guy was like, what? <laughs> when, like, what had really happened was he was apologizing for bumping her. So. I think that apology lasted a little long. Yeah. <laughs> I literally wasn't even, I was across the, like, the group you were far away. From I was far the away scene. from her, and just happened to glance over and saw someone talking to her. I was like, "No, I don't want that." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, that's like the sweet spot for you. Well, we get you, know, you yelling at strangers. There, there was nobody in any college memorabilia that I found particularly offensive. So I had to. I had to go for my other way of, you know asking men to leave my friends alone. So. Which is also a fan favorite. Yeah. Um, it's the way I like to do things. I didn't yell at people. I, like, muttered at them audibly mm-hmm. and said stuff like, I won't repeat on the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, but I would say stuff like, um, these people kept, like, shoving by us, like, and going back and forth. Like, it's, like, sort of like when people, like, are on a plane with you mm-hmm. and they keep getting up like over and over again and it's sort of like can She's you just get all of your needs done in one go <laughs> like can you not make me like unplug my headphones yeah. out of my iPad and like make like that it's a can't. whole hullabaloo that can't happen god forbid i'm sleeping Ugh. and you've ruined it no i'm sorry if there's someone sleeping next to me i'm not moving I would never disrupt them that way. I think it's like unless, unless you're going to throw emergency. up or something. Yeah. yeah. Unless I know that they would probably rather me take care of the business I need to take care yeah. of. Um, I don't even like putting my seat back for fear that like, I never put my seat back needs. because I like to follow Jesus's golden rule, which is treat others how you like to be treated. And I hate when people back their seat up oh, in my face. Too. How dare you? So I never, I never 
um, do that. Mm-mm. Unacceptable. I will always, in those kind of situations, make myself more uncomfortable for fear of impacting anyone at all. And that's because we're women and mm-hmm. um, we're better than men. Yes. Who will, like, shove their whole seat, like, 75 feet back. Mm-hmm. And, like, literally, I like to sleep with my head on the tray table Mm. And the person on the plane, on the plane, my last plane, put his seat so far back that my head couldn't fit in the <laughs> tiny crevice between the seat and my tray table. And I'm like, that means, like, the seat should not even be able to go back this far. Yeah. Anyway. Planes are small enough as it is. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like, it was also an international, like, nine hour flight. And I'm like, please. <laughs> Um, He's just looking out for number one. Yeah. Um, So do you want to open your birthday present on air? I do. It has a nice tissue paper wrapping, and it says happy birthday odd on it. I'm a horrible wrapper. You are not. Especially, I mean, I'm pretty good R-A-P-P-E-R, but not turn it over. (gasps) Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. It has my name on it. It says, from the personal collection of Audrey Schultz. They're buck plates. Shut up. These are so cute. They have little macaroons on the on the cards. So these, I put them in my books. You put them, like, in, like, <clears throat> on, like, the side cover. And then basically it's sort of like if you lend your book to somebody, they can't pretend that they forgot about it. Ooh, I do like that. Um, Because sometimes I don't, I really hesitate to lend books to people because even if it's a paperback, I want it back. Yeah. Yep. Uh, In high school, I lent my Twilight book to a lot of people. And by the time I got it back, um, first of all, it took, I never got it back from one girl. And basically she was like, oh, I just kind of figured you wouldn't want it back because it's like kind of like ripped in half now. What? I was like, Why did you rip me? it in half? Somebody returned it back to me, like, dog-eared. Uh, Unacceptable. I was like, excuse me, I need to read this over and over and over again. Because I'm 15. And way too invested in it. Yeah, but it's also, like, just, like, a bougie, like, continuity thing. Where it's, it. like, if you have valuable books, like... And then you eventually, like, when you die and they're sold off, then somebody would open it and be like, oh, this was from the personal library of, whatever. I don't know. That's just, like, what I dream about. (laughs) I I love that it's, like, watercolored. I have my own set also. Um, I love these. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm so excited to put these in my books. And it's also going to become, like, a big... Like, what books deserve to have in yes, there? Yes, 100%. Um, I also have um, just a recommendation for, like, ones you wouldn't want to waste those on. Mm-hmm. I have a stamp also that has, like, from the Ooh. personal library of. So, like, <laughs> I would generally put that on, like, I like, I think I put that on Call Me By Your Name because I'm lending that to a bunch of people. Um, and, but it's sort of, like, that book is not that nice mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. paperback. Uh, it's, it's a paperback. Like, I definitely, like, folded it in half. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm treating this, our Ted Bundy book, like shit. Okay, but how can you not? It's literally a brick. 
It reminds me of when I read Game of Thrones in, like, this size oh of a God. book. Yeah. And it was like, I can't wait till I'm far enough in it that I can really just bend this book. Yeah. I mean... Otherwise, it's really hard to read in the beginning. I always am impressed with people who manage to not, like, crease their spines. Quentin treats his books really well. And so it was a lot of pressure to borrow books from him. Okay. Because he really didn't, like... He would prefer that you would kind of only open your book How at like do you a 45 read it? degree angle. How do you read it I, then? I don't know. I really need, especially for a book that's this shape, I really need to be able to like. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm like with Basically you. flip it 180 degrees. <laughs> I even like leave mine like, <clears throat> like that, which is yeah. bad for the spine. But you know what? Like, it's a paperback it's, book. It is the, like, it is a. I forget what they call it. Like, is it like a pocket trade? I don't yeah, know. something. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's called Pocket Books. True Crime. I yeah. think that's the publishing. So, I mean, I just think like this book is like the kind of book that's meant to be like read at the beach or on vacation. And, oh like, yeah, like it's supposed to have all these little creases in it. Yeah, that means you loved it and you read it. But I wouldn't put one of those in that. No, 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 no. I do like the passive aggressive move of like going to lend somebody one of your. Um, <laughs> one of your paperback books and almost like a librarian stamping it in front of them just so like they know like I do intend to get this book back yeah and I hope that it is in the same condition my friend David in high school borrowed a couple of my books and like he still has remembered that he has them and still like every time I see him is like I'm gonna give this back to you but like this literally it's been over 10 years (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I've got them, and I, I do intend to return them to you eventually. Yeah, which, love him. Um, but I am going to let um, Call Me By Your Name to him, probably, so put a stamp in that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Are there any other funny things that happened to your birthday that we want to share on air? Um, that being the operative. Yeah, exactly. Term, especially now that my dad is an avid listener. Hi, Pete. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think anything too, too out of control happened. It was pretty. I thought it was a really fun night. Like I good. I I always really get nervous after everyone. going out because I know that I can be a strong personality in general, and then particularly when drunk. Yeah. And so usually the me next too. day oh, after God, being drunk, well, which is probably why we get along very well and are friends, but. I always, like, have that moment the next day, like, where I, like, look back at the things that happened and worry that I was either obnoxious or overly embarrassing. Well, I can tell you that I thoroughly enjoyed every moment with you, but right. um, <laughs> but I have that same feeling, too, where, like, I wake up the next morning, I'm like, God, like, that was, like, kind of rude or, like, yeah. intrusive, what I said. Because yeah. I just get pretty nosy. Yeah. Like, I was reading Lauren's text over her shoulder. She's like, can you stop doing that? <laughs> she didn't say that, but, I, like, I'm thinking, I'm like, what? who am I to, like, get into her business? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure at one point I cornered Tyler and was like, hey, so, like, Cam Newton's actually kind of an asshole, isn't he? He's the quarterback for his school, for the Carolina Panthers. And I've been thinking that for a while, but I just was like, oh, I'm never going to say that to Tyler because obviously Tyler's not responsible for Cam Newton's behavior. I was like, what do you have to say for that? We used to say he was a good person, and then he was he was sexist. And Tyler was like, yeah. <laughs> All, I didn't, all I didn't care for it. <laughs> Ugh, Tyler. 
Well, I will report that walking home in Adams Morgan, I spied a used condom on the sidewalk, That's which is foul. horrible. <laughs> yeah. That is disgusting. Our Uber driver also got, like, incredibly lost driving us home. Sure. But. Whatever. What are you going to do? I, like, I always now am skeptical sometimes of Uber drivers because I had one experience where a guy definitely, like, took me for a ride all over town when I was going to Reagan. It was, like, mm-hmm. when I first moved there, and I had mentioned I had just moved there, so I think he, like, mm-hmm. went all over, and then I, like, almost missed my flight because I had, like, I think I had budgeted 30 minutes, and it took a full hour. It should not take a full hour. It takes From me... my old apartment? Yeah, it takes no. me 30 minutes to get to Reagan, and I live in Bethesda. It takes me 30 minutes to get to Reagan from here. Yeah. Anyway, it should never have taken that long, and I ended up emailing Uber, and Uber reimbursed me for the whole ride, because oh, they were like, we have no effing clue what this guy was doing. <laughs> and also, the entire time, he was playing the Bible on audiobook, yes. and I was like, this is the worst Uber. Maybe he felt like you needed to hear the Bible. So that's why he was, like, driving Little did me he out. know you are an avid churchgoer. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I have not been probably in the last three weeks, you but... Know, you're busy. I was, I was traveling. In, on vacation. I went and visited churches on yeah, vacation. So enough. does that count? Check and I, check. <laughs> I paid for my um, prayer candle. Yeah. So. I love a good prayer candle. Yeah, like as someone who um, usually is only in church for funerals and weddings, mm-hmm. I love seeing churches. Mm-hmm. I love churches as architectural marbles. Yep. And I love to light a prayer candle. Yeah. Me too. I just think it's a nice thing to do. It is a nice thing to do. It's also just, like, satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, also, like, yeah, my Europe trip was great, just for, <laughs> for all listeners who are wondering. Yeah, um, we've, been, we've been off. We've been off. Um, I brought <clears throat> three books to Europe to read, um, one of which was, like, about Provence, which I read, like, two chapters of on the train on my way to Provence. Uh Uh-huh. And then um, we were visiting the estate of the Marquis de Sade, who I did not realize was famous for just writing exclusively about (laughs) S&M. So I bought one of his books at Shakespeare and Company, and then my sisters were, like, making fun of me to our backroads guides being, like, yeah, my sister bought his book and has, <laughs> and has it on the trip. So, um, yeah, I kind of, when you were talking about bringing all of those books on your trip, I was like, isn't it a backpacking? It wasn't backpacking. Um, maybe Backroads should sponsor us since I'm about to say what they are. <laughs> but um, basically it's a trip where, like, you're staying in hotels, okay. but you're hiking usually probably from 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes there are other activities throughout the day. Like, you might do, like, a tour of a town or something, mm-hmm. but, like, most of it's walking-based. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have lunch a lot of times, sometimes at restaurants. Sometimes they, like, set out, like, picnic lunches for you. That's nice. But um, it's, not, it's not at all like you're camping or something where you have, oh, like, no, no, no. I didn't stuff think it like was. that. Yeah. Um, and then when you get back to the hotel, you have, like, time to take a shower, <coughs> get ready, and then you have dinner with everybody. Oh, that's nice. It was really nice. Yeah. I, I thought it was... Um, like a very fulfilling way to spend vacation I felt like Mm -hmm. when other people have trips planned for you like you always feel like you're getting the most of stuff whereas when you try to plan stuff you always feel like you're like 
missing out and mm-hmm. doing like not the best thing and maybe not doing it the best way and like yeah well and it also what I've come to kind of realize about myself which surprised me a little bit in terms of my preference for traveling is I always far more enjoy anything that we do outside mm. and so I think that that would be like I ne- almost never like when we were in San Francisco my favorite thing was being around the Golden Gate Bridge and like walking the trails and like seeing the naked people on Baker Beach and then being in the near woods. Yeah. Whereas I would always have expected like, oh, I'm going to really like like walking around San Francisco and it was like actually there are a lot of hills. Yeah. Um driving through it is nice. Mhm. Um but I in general like enjoyed my time in nature a little bit more. Yeah, I also think that um I don't know. I like, I, I only have so much tolerance for museums. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when you're traveling, you feel like you need to do that. Yeah. Because you're a tourist and you feel like you need to be seeing, like, the stuff that they have. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this, it was a lot more, like, you're just seeing, like, sceneries and, yeah, like, you're the flowers. Yeah, you landscape, which yeah. is nice. And you had to hear, like, stories about the places and learn about them, but it wasn't so much, like... I'm walking through the Louvre for seven hours. Oh, God. I got so lost in the Louvre. I was, like, in their Egyptian section for that ages. And that Egyptian section, it's, like, it's not really what you came to see. No, it's Like, you don't really care about that. There are, like, a couple broken bowls. And yeah. And you're, like, God. Yeah, I know. I want, I want to go back to the paintings and the sculptures that I was enjoying. You're, like, I want mostly, like, Renaissance mm-hmm. up to, like you know yeah bougie stuff right yeah that would be my stuff that like used to be in Versailles yeah that stuff but like a trip where your intention is to see as much as you can I wouldn't say it's a heavy reading trip true well and I also wasn't really sure what to expect because yeah I mean you don't want to be unprepared and not bring enough books well we also had two long flights Oh, true. And so, I mean, I sort of thought, but every time I fly, it's very hard for me to read. Like, I Mm -hmm. just, like, I need something that's going to fully distract me from how uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. anxious that I am, and that usually is going to mean watching uh, TV. Yeah. I have to, like, there are some times where I can sit, like, I think the way, flying to San Francisco, I read the entire time, and I was like, what's going on? I've never been able to do that. Um, but... Then coming back, I was like way too just like. I think if you're you're even a little tired too, yeah, it's like I just couldn't. Brennan and I watched two full seasons of Broadchurch on this trip, though, so it's like not like we had no downtime. But, (laughs) um, I think most of that was at night, though. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Broadchurch. I love it, too. I'm genuinely sad that I don't have any more Broadchurch to watch. I also, like, after this, we shouldn't talk about this one on air because it really is, like, so spoilery, but I do want to talk about your thoughts about everything about it. (laughs) Just in general. Yeah. I I think it is, it's just a really well done show. I agree. And, you know, I just, I really do enjoy an ornery detective with a heart of gold. Yes. Played by... With a lovely Scottish accent. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like didn't love him first season. Like, like you kept I talking agree. about how much of a crush you had on him. Like, I don't like. He just like seems like kind of a dick. Like, My favorite part of the first season though is when that guy asks out. Um, oh yeah, Miller, and he she goes in and tells him. Yeah, part of I love their dynamic of like she's just so like she's peppy so nice. and sunny, and he's always just like, no, I don't want to like have dinner or. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Like, oh, we could pop in for like you know a sandwich over there if you wanted. And he'd be like, no, we'll eat in the car. <clears throat> but I love when she tells him that this guy has asked her out, and he's like, but you're married, and <laughs> and he knows that. And like, I just love the portrayal of do it in that the men <laughs> say it in the accent, Audrey. You're married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not even good. When I was watching it a lot, I I was getting pretty good at being able to imitate him, which is basically my ability to do accents is just like picking a person and doing yeah. the impression of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I love. I just love that like men at at their core really do love gossiping. Yes. Oh my. But god. I love that more moment. than us. I think even. I agree. But and so and what I really love about men gossiping is there's always that moment of them being excited to be brought into something yeah. and get to say their opinion on yeah. it. Like it's so adorable yeah. when they're like, oh yeah, that is strange. Yeah. Um, and just like really getting like you just see like something like light yes. up in them. Mm-hmm. Which, I love it so much. so delightful to watch. I know. Speak like how, Brennan is Brennan is a judgmental <laughs> Judy sometimes. Like, we'll leave stuff and he'll, like, he's sort of like your dad where he's like so jovial and nice. Mm-hmm. And then we leave and he's like, oh, God. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> he's yeah. just, he's, well, and, I, and as you know, I cannot fake nice to anyone. No. I have a really hard time with it. Mm-hmm. I can, I can be civil, but like, I can't. Mm-hmm. appear like I like somebody if I don't. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I'm i not good at that either. You're better at it than me. I My face also just, like, acts without permission <laughs> sometimes. Like, like my eyebrows narrow or, mm-hmm. like, my eyes roll and yeah. I, can't, I can't stop it. It can be stressful. I mean, what, whatever. What are you going to do? I mean fire me um, (laughs) alright so do you want to talk about this book I do okay so I'm going to give like a tiny Ted Ted Bundy rundown for people who don't know Ted Bundy is if you don't like where have you been yeah Um, but Ted Bundy was the first serial killer that I had ever heard of Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I was listening to Generation Y the other day, and they say Jeffrey Dahmer is, like, the quintessential serial killer, and I... I disagree. I think it's Ted Bundy. I think, yeah. I would agree. Okay. Glad we're on the same page. So, I remember... <laughs> but I think those two are the big two. That, like, if you if you would know any serial killer, you would 100% know their names. Well, of, like, people who have been caught. Like, I also think Zodiac is very mm-hmm. famous, mostly because of the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Yeah. Um, I think people might know more, like, they might know more about Jeffrey Dahmer, like, in general, just because, or they would at least know, oh, yeah, he ate people. Whereas Ted Bundy, they'd be like, I don't know, he killed, 
ladies, I guess. I mean, the thing you most people know about Ted Bundy is that he was supposedly very handsome. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, maybe, you know, the 80s were a different time, or the 70s were a different time. Yeah, because I'm not... I'd, I'd, he's, he's not my cup of tea. He's very pointy looking. He just, like, also looks pretty hairy to me, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I vividly remember um, sitting at brunch with my mom on Mother's Day, and... I don't know what we were talking about. We, like, watched a lot of crime TV in my house, like, as I grew up. And so, like, I had been watching Law & Order, like, honestly, probably since I was at... Probably at least since fourth grade, (laughs) if I'm honest. Like, I think... I don't know that my parents were, like, allowing me to watch it, but I know... it was just happening. (laughs) I know that I watched it. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I was, like... um, religiously watching it by the time we moved into our like current house that we're in and Mm -hmm. at that point I was 11 so anyway um so I remember her telling me like I don't know why why it came up but she was like well like Ted Bundy I think I said something like maybe I said oh that person looks like a serial killer and she's like well what does a serial killer look like Sherilyn because guess what like they can be handsome and they mm-hmm. can, like, lure people. And so she told me that he basically would pretend to be weakened in mm-hmm. some way. And then because he was handsome and charming, women would help him, and mm-hmm. then he would kill them. Yeah. And that idea to me was, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, and um, I guess, I mean, I don't think that that's the moment that, like, I became interested in serial killers. But, well, I mean, I guess maybe it was, but I'd also read a lot of Mary Higgins Clark books that had serial killers in them, and mm-hmm. some of them had that same vibe. But, mm-hmm. like, to, it was, like, the first real one that I knew about that was a real person and mm-hmm. existed and was Googleable, which I immediately did when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> to look him up, I'm like, how handsome is he really? Uh, not very. not as Not as much as I was expecting. It's not exactly Zac Efron. No. Um, but... I guess, like, I don't know. It's it's funny, like, generationally, like, how hotness changes. Mm-hmm. Like, the 90s hot is different yes. than hot these days. Yeah. For sure. Like, 90s hot was David Duchovny. Yes, which I still find hot. Yeah, who's handsome, but, like, now hot is, like, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me. I... I find him very charming and handsome. He's not, like, my ideal, but I definitely find him very handsome. And he's also a very good dad, which I find appealing. I mean, that, yeah, great, but, um... Not your type. He's just not my type, no. I don't... don't He's not fully my type, either. I will say, I'm not, like, a big blonde guy girl. No. I don't tend to be into blondes. No, I mean, as we know, I like my men short. Um, and sassy and that's like they don't often you know find their way into the spotlight or if they do <laughs> if they do they're like the offshoot character <laughs> like you know who I actually found really attractive who's like you're gonna be like yuck um is the um the guy in the killing who worked on what's his name's campaign he was like his campaign manager like the tiny blonde man <laughs> like <laughs> I was like vaguely attracted to him I'm like hmm um, so, 
So I'll listen to what you have to say. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, but um, yeah. Anyway, so Ted Bundy. Um, the main things that you should know are that he was illegitimate. Yes. And like that seems to have been a source of all of this, which like I'm I'm I feel sorry. like it's that and his girlfriend Stephanie. It is. But which I, is so bizarre. It's like all these other serial killers, it's like they were tormented in their childhood. And Ted just seemingly couldn't get over the fact that when he was a kid they his grandparents said that they were his parents. I mean, th- that whole thing is like it's definitely weird. Well, he also but it's it was not so easy to figure out. It was like when his mother moved across the like across the country, he went with her instead of staying with his quote unquote parents. Well, but I think the other the other thing about all this though is that Ted Bundy was loved. Like Ted Bundy yeah. like had a family who cared about him. Like he it's not like he was an unwanted child and that right. he was like that was taken out on him. I mean, I think it was an unfortunate situation that his yeah. mother became pregnant so young, yeah. but it wasn't like anybody was taking that out on the child. Yeah, and it from wasn't what like I understand, she, yeah, she wasn't, as far as I know, like an abusive alcoholic. Or no, I just think she was dating young. men who were like. But she also, so she had her child, and then her parents were helping her raise. So it wasn't even like, oh, it's just like an unfit young mother who doesn't know what she's Mm -hmm. doing. It's like, no, like, she had a supportive family unit who was raising this child with her. So, like, to me, it's like, yeah, it's confusing, and that's, you know, maybe a weird thing to figure out. But it's not something that makes you just hate the world Mm -hmm. and makes you feel, like, victimized and terrible. Yeah. Um, but so, so that's one thing. And then he, then the next thing that happens is he dates this woman, Stephanie, who Mm -hmm. like, he's very infatuated with, and she sort of represents everything to him that he wants. Like, she's rich, she's Mm -hmm. beautiful, she's, um, like, her family's like influential. Yeah. And, um, so they date a little bit in college, and then they break up because Stephanie's sort of like, listen, like, you're, mm-hmm. you're aimless, you're not, yeah, you're not really doing much, which, like, frankly, like, he wasn't, he wasn't, yeah, like, sorry, but, um, also, like, Stephanie has every right to break yeah. up with him, like, yeah, if it's, if she's not feeling it, she's not feeling it, um, so then what Ted Bundy does is he becomes like he really works on himself he becomes kind of successful like well known in the republican party of course it's the republican party which i mean the next time somebody says the party of lincoln to me i'm gonna be like it's also the party of ted bundy so you might want to chill yeah which also like anyway i'm not even gonna get (laughs) in the whole party of lincoln crap but anyway um so he um then which, by the way, during this time, he's dating another woman this whole time who, like... Meg. Who, are they living together? Like, I, I don't... It see, I thought they were, and then it seems like not. Okay. Because he was living with that nice family that he would, like, help them with their yard and stuff. That's right, yeah. So, anyway, but but they're, like, very much together, and mm-hmm. he brings her to all events and whatever. In the meantime, he's getting secretly engaged to Stephanie, who he's now won over with his, like, new persona that he's now... Yeah, now that he's, like, excelling at school and yeah. doing all these great things and... 
so then what he does is he basically ghosts her. Like, so they're, they're secretly engaged. He, he ghosts her and then like, she's like, what the F? Like, what happened? She calls him and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it hangs up on her. Yeah. Chilling. Never. That honestly to me is the most chilling. I mean, the murders are awful, but like, yeah, that is just so manipulative. Yeah. And I don't know. It's like the earrings for the Golden State Killer that he would take one (laughs) earring out of the pair. I'm like, oh God. No. That's what's going to give me nightmares. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So after that happens, that's when he starts attacking women. Yeah. And so at at the point we are in the book, he's basically gone on um, two murder sprees. um, The first in Washington State and Mm -hmm. the second in um Utah in Utah and then he dabbled in Colorado Colorado. yeah um and generally his MO is I think he knocks women unconscious by beating them over the head Mm -hmm. and then strangles them and has sex with their body yeah and also beats them until they're basically unrecognizable yeah which I will say the and sometimes he decapitates them The details of his crimes are horrible, and I feel like for a while I wasn't really aware of, like, how much he actually brutalized women. Yeah. Because, I mean, murdering a person is horrible no matter, like, how how you do it or how you slice it. Right. But I feel like a lot of serial killers strangle women, and... Like, to see, like, for that control of, like, you taking their life or whatever. But the fact that he would, like, beat them to unrecognizability and also strength... Like, it was just such overkill every time. And there's just clearly so much rage. Like... Yes. And... Like, he hated women. Yeah. Well, and I think... Like, for example, like, you have Son of Sam. Like, he's just shooting people in the head, you know? It's like... Because a dog told him to. Which he... That is such bullshit. He... I watched the, like, ID special where he gets interviewed from jail. Like, talk about also just, like, somebody who lies through their teeth. Yeah. Um, but... Um... Anyway, he, like, Ted Bundy, I didn't also, I also didn't really realize how brutal and how just, like... How much of a monster, like, a true monster. Yeah. Because it's not... Yeah, I don't know. And it isn't something where... Where, like, you know, like, Ed Kemper, it was like he was enacting out, like fantasies from when he was a kid of like his mom would like beat him and punish him for having certain urges and so then he would like kind of act out those urges on women as I recall yeah um and so it was about like living out like those things that had been so forbidden and it got like it got it went too far basically like with the shoes he was the guy with the shoes right no. No? All right. Well, um, I think... So, Ed Kemper was the one who um, cut off his mom's head and had sex with the um, neck. Yuck. Yeah. 
But the guy with the shoes in Mindhunter... I can't remember who it is. It's almost, though, like, Ed Kemper and that guy, who I think Anne Rule wrote a book about called, like, Lust Killer or something. Where, the shoe guy? Yeah, where it's like they become obsessed with a certain thing and, like, they just see women as, like, a means to, like, enact that obsession. But I don't think that that is what is going on with Ted Bundy. Like, he is specifically like he hates women and how they've made him feel in the past and like that he's not good enough or unwanted or something so he is just absolutely enacting so much rage upon them it's jerry brutus okay that's the um shoe guy yeah i mean i think i think the other thing though that is disturbing to me about ted bundy is that there isn't something that we can really right. satisfactorily trace this back to. And then what that makes you realize is that potentially there are people who are just genuinely born with, like, these drives. And that mm-hmm. is disturbing. I mean, which is also the same thing with Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, Jeffrey Dahmer actually had, like, a supportive family. Like, he mm-hmm. had a lot of problems and that he, like, he was, like, an aggressive alcoholic mm-hmm. and whatever. But, like, none of that had to do with the fact that he was abused or Mm -hmm. people had taken advantage of him or, I mean, or even that he was unloved. Like, I mean, he had a normal life. Mm -hmm. Whereas John Wayne Gacy, it's like, yeah, no, he was, like, I mean, almost all of them. It's like they were beaten by their fathers or they had mothers mothers who didn't protect them. I mean, it's... It's, it, you can see at least where something is coming from and how something came to be, whereas with Ted mm-hmm. Bundy, it's like, okay, so, like, you didn't know who your father was and you were deceived about your parentage as a child, but none of that is malicious. And, and Stephanie broke up with you because you were listless. And, and yeah, <laughs> and somebody broke up with you. I mean, like, that's not... Yeah. I mean, that happens to people every day. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you find out every day that your parents, um, that your mom is actually, your sis- your sister is actually your mom and your whatever, <laughs> however they yeah. did that. But um, one thing I didn't know, um, which like, once again, we come to the, I didn't think that Ted Bundy bothered me that much as like, because I, like, he doesn't push a lot of my buttons he doesn't way, push a lot of my buttons. The either. way that, um, like, the Golden State Killer does, where it's like that is genuinely my, one of my biggest fears is that, like, somebody is in your house messing with your shit and, like, going to attack and kill you there. Um, but I was like, oh, yeah, that's terrifying to think of Ted Bundy, like, lurking around on his goddamn crutches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the idea that he could be charming enough that these smart, capable, cautious women would have their guard down enough to go with him. But I did not know that he did do some murdering in people's houses in the beginning. I was like, no, absolutely not. I think what bothers me the most about that kind of stuff is it's like, okay, when I'm out in the world, I expect that there is danger out there. And I know to be on my guard for it. But your house is supposed to be where you are safe. Yeah. So, like, you know, come on. 
Well, and the thing, the thing too, is that the people that he targeted were not people who even lived alone. Like they had roommates, yeah. and and nobody heard <clears throat> anything. Yeah. Well, what I also think is interesting is that he. A lot of killers, I feel like, work their way. Like, the Golden State Killer started making it harder and harder for himself. Like, he's, you know, like... Like, escalating him? Yeah, challenging himself in that way. But it clearly, like, breaking into these women's apartments and killing them there clearly didn't do it for Ted. Because he only did that, I think, not only, but he did that twice before he started luring women. And so I think... What he Ted, probably gets off on that part of yeah, it. Yeah, I think, like, what he realized was my favorite part about what I did to Stephanie was that I could make her trust and love me so much and then just turn it off. And that's what I want to do. And so that's why he started, like, getting out the crutches and slings. Which that... Him at that stupid lake, getting two women to go with him... And, like, just walking around all damn day long being like, hey, uh, could you help me with my sailboat? It makes me so furious because he drives a Volkswagen Bug, which a sailboat would not fit inside or on. And also, I'm sorry, Ted, but if you're on crutches, you don't get to go sailing. It just, God, makes me so mad that he was doing that. (laughs) And it was working because he was, like, that charming. But I love, like, there are the girls that were like, yeah, I mean, it just didn't quite feel right. Well, there are, a lot of the women talk about his eyes and how, like, there was something weird about his eyes and they, like, didn't trust him. Mm -hmm. And I think also, though, like, the persistence. Like, I think that if, if somebody asks you to do something like that and then you're like, no, and then they keep pressuring you, it's like, you know what? Like, if you were a normal person, you would go away. Yeah. And so, like, that's revealing to me that you have an ulterior motive. Yeah. Like, you clearly really want me to come with you, and it's not to get your sailboat out. Also, like, why don't you ask a man for help? Like, why are you asking, like, young women to, like, lift your shit? Yeah, that was... Which um, is not to say women can't lift shit, but it's sort of, like... That, um, I think Karen said this on My Favorite Murder, and it was, like, a revelation to me that I'd never thought of that myself, that men don't typically need women's help to carry shit or to that kind of thing. Unless, like, the woman is the only one around. But it's, like, if you're on a crowded lake, you would probably ask, or, first of all, maybe not just ask one person. You would ask a group of people to help you. Yeah. Well, and I think also, you know, so you wouldn't go to the public beach, ask someone to help you with your sailboat, and then and then bring them back. You know, like as soon as not to blame anyone for no, no, being no, no, tricked, no. because I genuinely think that I probably would have been murdered by him if I had been there in that time. Well, and we also don't know. Uh, like, I mean, we know some of the ruses, but, like, some of them we don't even know how he got the women to go with them because they just disappeared into the night. And so yeah. we don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. It, we know he now is posing as a police officer sometimes. So, like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a really tricky one. And Yeah. Um, that's what the um, Hillside Stranglers did. Which it's like, how are you supposed to know if somebody pulls you over 
You know, they could be an undercover cop. Like, they could be... I'm sorry, there is not a single undercover cop car that is a VW bug. Oh, though. yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah, that whole, like, I was very happy for Carol Deranch. Yeah. When she was able to get away. Because, like, the whole thing, I was like, this isn't even a well-constructed ruse, Ted. No. <clears throat> no, it's not. But I will say, this book in general is definitely the way I like my true crime. Like, we're getting to the murders by page 76... Like, we're jumping right in. Um, there was not a ton about his childhood that I, you know, like, I hate well, it when I there's... I think there's not that much there, though. I mean, there's not that much there, and also it's just, like, I want to get right to what we're here for. See, to be honest my with feeling. you, so, I... Well, I, I guess, like... first of all, we, we should say, so, Anne Rule, who's the writer of this book is like writing from a unique position because she was oh, friends so with Ken Bun- friends with Ted Bundy and ended up actually like potentially re- or like reporting him to the police. It wasn't mm-hmm. what got him caught, but she did turn in his name and say, "Hey, like this guy matches the sketch you've put out and yeah, he- because she was a crime reporter while he was killing people." Right. But like she didn't believe that it was him. Mhm. So I mean, she just kind of got a little bit lucky too because she had already gotten the contract to write this book about this killer mm-hmm. but they didn't know who it was yet and yeah. so it turned out that she also happened to know him personally they had both worked at a suicide hotline together and um yeah i mean it's crazy it is it's really crazy but okay but so one thing for me which like reading this alongside the golden state killer book like I don't feel like I can identify any of the victims separately from each other from this book. Mm. Like, I like I don't feel like she does a good enough job of, like, telling us about who those people were. Like, mm-hmm. we got, like, I mean, each girl probably gets a paragraph and a half about, of, like, details about who they are. And yeah. so it's, like, very hard for me to, number one, keep track of, like, who is who. Well, he also targeted women who were very similar. So I feel like it's almost like she's using those snippets on them to highlight that he clearly had a type. I mean, he clearly had a type, but, like, I don't know. I, I felt like in the Golden State Killer book... Like, it's not like she's spending that many more pages on it, but I just felt like I knew each of the victims that I, or the survivors that I'm hearing about, or, like, you know, much better mm-hmm. than I am in this. And I also think that there are just, like, a lot of things in this book that, like, dates it. Mm-hmm. Like, several times she refers to the woman who helped the retarded youngsters, mm-hmm. and every time I read it, I cringe. <laughs> I'm like, Anne. Anne, no. <laughs> um, but... And, like, she keeps using it, like, that term. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why youngsters also? (laughs) Like, come on. Um, So, I don't know. Now, the part that we're now getting to in the book where, like, he is, like, they've identified or, like, they're pretty sure that they know who he is. Mm -hmm. And he is now writing letters to Anne Rule. Mm -hmm. Like, all of that is a lot more interesting to me than the first part of the book where we're basically, like, repeating, like, all of these murders with, like, very little identifying detail about the women themselves. And it's Mm -hmm. more about, like, what happened to them. And I think that is, like, the one, like, criticism I would have of this book where it's, like, I get it. Like, it's already 600 pages long. We don't want to make it any longer. But 
I just felt like it just got very repetitive because yeah. it was sort of like, okay, we're, we're telling about every single victim, which is, like, I think, good and deserved, but it's also, if they all blend together, what's the point? Yeah. Well, I also am enjoying how she clearly, she had, like, a personal um, stake in this and, like, involvement in this. Right. Similar to Vincent Bugliosi, but she is nowhere near as pleased with herself as Vincent Bugliosi. She definitely is not. Um, (laughs) I mean, and part of it was just the fact that, I mean, like, she and, to be fair to Vincent, um, they're in totally different positions, where she was, like, dealing with reckoning that Ted Bundy she knew and feeling like, like, there's a point where um, she sees a therapist and is like, I just don't know if it's right that I'm kind of helping the police with this investigation and, like, still talking to him and all this stuff. And he was like, well, if everything is true that they're saying about Ted, would you still write to him? And she's like, oh, absolutely. I would always, like, he needs someone. And I was like, I was really, like, girl? <laughs> yeah, I know. If I, I found know. out that someone I knew was a vicious monster serial killer, I don't know that I would be writing him that many letters in jail. No, I think that I would, that would be it probably for me. Mm-hmm. But what's so interesting is that Ted sought out her correspondence knowing that she was writing this book, basically because... But I think that's on purpose. Yeah. Because I think Ted knows that I think Anne is going to be fair yeah. to him. And, um, yeah. I really, really like the relationship that she has with the police. Oh my god, me too. Like, the police officers all, like, really care about her. I love the cops in this book. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah, they're, they, they're clearly, like, they're working very hard on the Mm -hmm. case. They also, they're not grabbing guns with their bare hands. They're not. (laughs) Like, no, they're not. But I think they also, um are, like, open to anything. Like, remember Mm -hmm. the, like, one gruff, like, cop was, like, does anyone have literally anything? Like, some astrology, numerology, anything at this point. And I think, I like it when cops are that open to, like, I I just hate it when cops sometimes in, like, usually it's on TV or whatever, where they are so sold on their own theory Mm -hmm. that they're unwilling to, like, investigate something fully. And I think these cops are, like, really open to any Well, and they're communicating amongst each other because he was killing in so many different jurisdictions, Mm -hmm. and they were not closed down to each other, which that frustrates me more than anything when different jurisdictions, like, don't talk to each other. It's like, why would you not do that? Why would you limit your resources or, like, not allow the FBI to help you because of pride? Because, honestly, if it takes you longer to solve this case... Because of that, nobody is going to be happy with you. Whereas if you accept help, everyone is going to applaud you for right. being, you know, smart and good. Yeah. Um, but it's very it's very sweet, though, the relationships that, that the cops have with or her. Or, like, when she was hesitating to turn over the letters that they were writing, and she was like, I heard a rumor that... I was going to be barred from writing stories about this precinct if I didn't turn over the letters, but I really just don't feel like I should. And if I can't write stories about this precinct or like about I cases, won't be able to feed my, my family. Kids. And 
Officer Mackey was like, nobody's going to bar you from here. I would not allow that. I was like, oh, my God. And then she has that surgery, and they all bring her flowers, and, ugh. I know. My little heart was warm. I know. Yeah, I... Like, I'm kind of glad with the Golden State Killer case, too, that, like, we have some, like, good guy cops that are getting Mm -hmm. recognition. Yeah. Because... Yeah, that's definitely very heartening. It is. Um, Let me get into some of my notes that I was taking. Oh, so one of the questions I have is, like, because in the beginning when Ann Rule is talking about when they met, like, when she and Ted met and were working together and friends, like, he would do stuff like walk her to her car and be like, you know... I, you know, I don't want anything happening to you and, like, being friends with her and, like, going to Christmas parties with her and things like that. And so do we think that, like, this was all genuine? Like, I kind of feel like, I mean, because he's a sociopath, like, he doesn't really... Well, he doesn't feel empathy. Yeah, and so part of me thinks that, like, I think to him it is a genuine thing. and But, like, he wouldn't necessarily see the like, the irony or, like, the disconnect of that, that he was, like, taking such good care of Anne Rule and, like, being a friend to her and then also, like, murdering women on the side. Like, I mean, he hadn't started doing that yet, but I think, like... I also think that, um, I mean, Ted Bundy's relationship with Anne is kind of interesting because it's not, like... Like, she's... Like, how old is she? Like, she's in her 40s at Mm -hmm. least at the time and Ted's 24 mm-hmm. and like there's clearly no romance there no and it's um so it's like you kind of wonder like is Ted Bundy like seeking out a mother figure like mm-hmm. why why is he pursuing this relationship and mm-hmm. um I don't know it's it seems like his rage towards women is are 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 the women who remind him of Stephanie Yes. And so, if Anne doesn't fall into that category, she is deserving of protection? Like, I don't really know. It's interesting. But, I mean, it's odd. Mm Mm-hmm. It's odd, or it's, it's unsettling, too, that he's able... I think that's my dishwasher. He's, (laughs) he's able to... Like, he works on, like, a suicide prevention hotline. Mm-hmm. Like, he works with, like, prime crime prevention stuff. Like... Yeah. I don't know how you can pretend, like, these are priorities for yourself and then do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely... Which, and I think that's my other interest in true crime is always, like... I'm so much more interested in, like, when FBI profilers become involved or, like, thinking about, like, or analyzing what it is the criminals are doing and why. Because you see that, and I think that's what's also pretty interesting about Ted Bundy is that there aren't clear, like, markers, whereas with, like, what's-his-face, Jerry, the the guy with the shoes, that killer, it was, like, he was obsessed with women's shoes and, like, his mother would, like, beat him for being interested in it. And so it was, like, it was a clear, like, his thinking behind it and stuff like that was all clear markers, whereas, like, Ted Bundy was basically just dumped and, like, couldn't take it. 
Um, and just, like, so watching, like, how he now, like, interacts in the world is very interesting. Well, and, and also Meg. Is that her name? Yeah. Like, why is she okay? There are lots of... Oh, yeah. Like, because like, he never... Because she, she technically, like is like fits his type yeah um but maybe it's because she wasn't a threat like i think she's not like i think the women that he picks are usually women who he considers like maybe above him or like Mm -hmm. would have considered themselves above him at the time or whatever well because it says like she came from a well-off family but she always felt like she was like not good enough meg yeah and that Ted loving her was really validating to her. So that's probably why he was like, yeah, Meg's great. Well, and she had also, like, she had a child. Like, she was kind of, like, I in a... She had a kid. Yeah, she's a daughter. So she kind of is in a different position, I guess, than those other women. Yeah. Um, speaking of Meg, though, hero of the book is Lynn Banks. Yeah, Lynn. I fucking love her. Um, Lynn is Meg. So Meg is... Um, Ted Bundy's, like, long-term girlfriend that he has throughout most of where we are. Mm -hmm. And Lynn is her best friend who wants her to have nothing to do with Ted Bundy. Yeah. Never really liked Ted Bundy, partially because she once found him prowling in her yard for no good reason. Which, like, that's something, it's like, how on earth would you get out of that with any kind of decent explanation? Like, oh, I thought, um... I saw something in your yard when I was driving. Like, it's just, like, the thing that (laughs) is, like, very interesting to me about Ted Bundy, or, like, really about sociopaths in general, is that they don't feel anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I think that they're so able to appear, like, cool, calm, and collected under pressure that people are, like, well, you aren't acting like you should be in a situation where you've done something wrong. Yeah. So you must be fine. Yeah. But Lynn pressures Meg to report Ted Bundy to the police, like, four separate times. Yeah. Which, you know, it's an awkward position to be in as a friend. Like, there's disliking your friend's boyfriend, and then there's insisting that he's a serial murderer. (laughs) Which, Which, I mean, it's a a small leap. Yeah. um, It's a hard road to walk. Yeah. (laughs) Because it is definitely hard... To be constantly telling your friend, like, this person is no good for you because there's always that risk that the friend will pull away from from you yeah. in favor of. But I just like that Lynn really stuck to her guns and was like, listen, Meg, the facts are adding up. <laughs> and also, like, once Meg starts really cooperating with the police and talking to them, like, I just kind of thought, like, oh, Meg had reason to suspect him because he was in the places where the murders were happening he was never home when they were going on and like yeah he but looks I mean, like the compot and then you find out like he was a total weirdo with her all the time like she woke up once and he was looking at her body with a flashlight under the covers that well, was chilling <laughs> i mean that is chilling but also the fact that she's like yeah Ted would just, like, leave all the time at night. And he had, in the like, middle a of the night. And he's like, well, you never know when you're going to get into a scrape. Well, and, like, also, <laughs> what, like, what are you up to? Like, why are you leaving the house in the middle of the night? Like, yeah. there's no good reason for you to be no. doing that. But I guess they didn't live together. And no. so, like, she, she can't... She also found a bag of women's clothes in his house. I think, though, that Meg... <laughs> 
Meg probably suspected that Ted Bundy was having affairs and yeah. I think was just not Didn't willing to accept or, accept or confront that. I mean, that. In, in fairness to Meg, he was. Yeah. He was, like, his whole court, second courtship with Stephanie was happening concurrently with his relationship with Meg. And I think there were other ones, too. Yeah, I mean, he basically bragged in, once he was arrested, like, um, why could, why would I have to kill women? Like, I could get women whenever I wanted. I slept with many, many women in college. It's like, all right, chill out, asshole. First of all, those are not necessarily connected. Right. Well, because I don't, I really don't think, I mean, I don't know that these are, like, do we know that these are, like, sexually motivated killings, really? Like, or are they I don't think they are. just, like, rage? I think they're rage. Also, um, why did he always kill women wearing jeans? Like, what was the deal? Like, are they just too capable? (laughs) She looks like she's ready to do some work. I just think it was like the seventies and everyone was wearing jeans. But see, like, but she <laughs> specifically mentions it, so I'm like, every right. every time we we get the outfit that the girl was wearing, and I'm it's like, is jeans. that going to come up later? Yeah, but and they she even lists it as one of the things of like this is what we knew about all the victims so far. All of them had been wearing jeans, and so it's almost like I'm like okay, if I had to analyze that, and if he never killed any woman in a dress or a skirt, it's like. Clearly, he wanted to kill women who were not, like, traditionally feminine. But even in the 70s, like, jeans were not... I think I think just everyone wore jeans. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'll be interested to see. Because I've noticed that, too. Like, we, we constantly get, like, for every girl, like, we might not get much about their life, but we certainly know what they're wearing that night. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering if he's, like, these, like, modern women just getting really above themselves. <laughs> I don't... Um. Um. Also, Ted, why did you not ditch your buck, or why were you using your personal vehicle to murder and kidnap women? Like that was awfully bold. Well, also because. Well, also him and Meg have <laughs> the twin same have car. twin cars, so, so it's like. <laughs> I mean, you could have maybe thrown people off your scent a little bit by having two different cars, but no. <laughs> both the same. But he's using two of the same car. Yeah, I don't know. Deeply strange. I just also think he's very arrogant, though. Like, oh, I don't think completely. he ever thought that he would get caught. Well, clearly, because at first he starts doing... When he first starts killing women, he really does a good job of hiding them. Like, some of the women at the time this book was written hadn't even been found yet. And, um, but then, like, when he's killing women in Utah, he kind of, like, leaves them where people can find them. Well, Because he's like, well, I'm, like, not getting caught at all, and I'm not doing that great of a job. Well, the one girl got, uh, was, like, left in her room, right? No. Both of those girls in the the beginning, they were, he took them with him. But there was the one girl who had the rod that went up her vagina. Th- that is horrible. Like, that honestly was one of the worst details yeah. in this book, is that he shoved a rod up her vagina, and it went so far up that it damaged, like, a bunch of her internal organs. Um, But that girl was just left in her room. That oh, was one yeah. of the basement was, apartment girls. Yeah. That might have been his, like, first victim or something. I don't know. But anyway, it's, it, it is interesting, because there's, like, very little consistency in the body dumping. Yeah. And, like, where he's leaving them, and... 
then now we've gotten to a part where we've discovered several severed heads in yeah. like in it's just one place out different things I, I yeah but again if you if you don't want to get caught then maybe you should not make it so obvious that you are committing all of these murders. Mm-hmm. That it's one person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you should not be putting all of your body's heads in the same spot. Yeah. Um, it's like the Mesa bone collector. Yeah. It's like, okay. Um, also, um, if you don't want to get caught, if you see a cop behind you, be cool. Don't speed away and then, like, lead them on a chase and run through stop signs and then be like, oh, I, you know. I, I was lost. <laughs> like, Ted. Yeah, because finally he just pulls over into a gas station. He's like, sorry, man, I didn't know. You're sorry, like, I must be lost. He's got, and then he's, like, keeping all of his murder tools in his car. Also, shout out to that highway patrolman who gets him arrested. Yeah. Because, like... He uses his his noodle and, <laughs> you know, like, puts two and two together. It's like, hmm, that's a bug. Hmm. Let me look inside the car. Hmm. Crowbar tools. <laughs> I'm arresting you. I didn't know that um, possession of burglary tools was a charge that you could have. That seems very hard to prove. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, like... I just think you can't prove that they were going to use those things to burgle. Well, that's the thing, because a lot of tools are tools. Yeah, so it's, it's I mean, like, like yeah, why? I'm buying duct tape and a crowbar and, like, I mean, it doesn't plastic look great. bags. It looks strange, but, like, I could need those items for something. Right. Not murder-related. Right. Um... Also, I mean, that just seems, like, so circumstantial at best. Like, it yeah. seems very hard to prove it, It's that. illegal to ha- Like, you can arrest someone for having them? Well, and, like, also, like, I'm pretty sure a baseball bat could be a burglarizing instrument. You could break somebody's window. I mean, yeah. I don't, like, I just don't, like, what constitutes a burglarizing in- instrument? Cool. You also would have to prove that somebody actually had the intent to burgle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it, it would almost make more sense. It's, like, if you arrested someone who had an item in their car that was stolen from a home and then said, and, like, used, and these were the items present in his car. Like, it's like they can use those items now to say, these were the murder weapons used to attack these women, and, like, he had them in his car. So it's like, that's how you can, like, start to, like, build suspicion. But you can't arrest someone for having weird stuff in their car. No. Maybe you could in 1974. I mean, I, look, it seems but... like you could in 1974. But um, also, um, once Ted is arrested and he starts just sending Anne Rule those, like, annoying poems. I was going to, I have a note here that I was just going to bring up that Ted Bundy is a shitty poet. He's a bad poet. His A-B rhyme, I think, could use work. It could. <laughs> He's like, man is not meant to be in a box. Like, real <laughs> original, Ted. <laughs> oh, yeah. also, Anne is sending him money. She can, like, barely feed her kids. And he's like, but she needs his cigarettes. Yeah, she said that she, like, any money she could manage to send Ted when he first got arrested, she would send him. No. While he was sending her those crap poems. Well, maybe, maybe Anne is, like, trying to cover up the fact that, like, maybe she was paying Ted to keep in contact with her. Maybe. 
and then or or maybe I mean I like I don't listen I don't blame Anne because this is like this is a gold mine I'm certain that she made a lot of money off of this um, book yeah it's I mean it's not the best selling true crime novel of all time as Helter Skelter reminded us eight million <laughs> times on the cover but I mean it does say but that I would it was. say isn't it like the definitive True yes. crime work. Um, it's the shattering true crime classic, as the cover tells us. What does that bubble say? Um, updated with a new chapter oh, and new boring. photos. No. Number one New York Times bestselling author. She was his friend and co-worker. She thought she knew him well, but she didn't know the monster within. God. The shocking inside story of serial killer Ted Bundy. Now, Kirkus Review says, the definitive work of American true crime from America's best true crime writer. See, I don't think she's the best true crime writer. I mean, maybe she was when, I mean, that's the Kirkus Review's opinion at that time. I don't know. I guess, I just, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not that impressed by her writing style. I like it. I mean, I like... I like her writing a little bit more than Vincent Bugliosi's. I preferred Vincent Bugliosi. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like that Vincent Bugliosi was very arrogant and annoying, but I did like it when Vincent Bugliosi was telling... Calling Sadie an animal. That was rude. I mean, that was fun, but... Um, I did like it when Vincent Bugliosi was telling stuff that he was not involved with. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought that it was better written. Yeah. But that's just... Also, Vincent Bugliosi didn't write it. He had to... Like a, it's like Vincent Bugliosi and oh, the person right. who actually wrote it, right? Kurt something. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I don't. Know. I'm enjoying it. I think I'm gonna enjoy it like the next sections more. I'm mm-hmm. incredibly excited for the trial and for him oh, to God, represent himself. Oh, me too. Um, because like at at this point, like we haven't actually gotten that much. Time yeah, I want him with to start Ted talking. himself. Once he confesses to all, like, I'm very excited for him to just kind of give up the goat and be like, yeah, this this is what I was up to. That's what I like, is hearing, I think that's why, like, I'm so excited also about Mindhunter season two. I'm very excited. Because. When is that coming? Who knows? Whenever David Fincher sees fit to bring it to us, I guess. I'm gonna Google that. Um, I, the thing about Ted Bundy, though, is that. You can't trust a damn thing that comes out of his mouth. No, not at all. So, it's like, even if he confesses to shit, it's like, they, I mean, people suspect he's been proven to be connected to 30 murders, but I'm certain there are more that he didn't. I mean, I think unless you have evidence to back it up, I don't think there's any reason for him to own up to it otherwise. Like, there's some actual, um, I was, sorry, go go ahead. Well, I was listening to a podcast about Jeffrey Dahmer, and, like, they actually, like, I think are very similar Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways where, I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer's definitely more of a weirdo, Mm -hmm. and, um, I mean, they're both weirdos, but, like, I think outwardly Mm -hmm. was, like, I don't think he would ever be able to, like, although, actually, he kind of did do the same thing with, it was with gay men, though, and it was, like, kind of a different, like, he basically would ask gay men to come back to his apartment and so he could take photographs of them naked and he would pay them but like but like you had i mean there had to be some level of trust yeah to do that like i just don't think that like most people are like. but i also think like at that time he was targeting kind of a vulnerable population because 
was like very was. secretive. Like if you were gay, like it wasn't like you could be well, that open about it. He also was targeting like young, yeah. like a lot of like very young um, gay people who like also like were likely runaways and like mm-hmm. homeless and yeah. Um, but anyway, they they do remind me of each other though in that. I think that they both had childhoods where, like, it doesn't warrant any of this behavior. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, they just, like, and, and they're so active. Like, they murder so many people. Yeah. Well, in Ted Bundy, I think you're right that, like, he wouldn't admit to something unless he, like, knew for a fact that they could prove it. Because I think he would really get off on the idea of, like, they don't even know, like, what I've done. Yeah. Whereas, like, the BTK killer couldn't stand that they were getting it wrong. And so he had to keep writing them letters and stuff. Um, like, I think Ted is an exhibitionist. Like, mm-hmm. they say, like, that's probably why he's, like, he wants his story told. But, like, he wants it in his way. And, like, he's not really, like, dumb enough to, like, insist upon credit for all the women he killed. Yeah. No, I think... Well, because they were, like, he clearly, um, he's a sociopath, but, like, clearly does under, like, he's not insane, because he, like, usually the definition in criminal court of, like, insanity is that, like, you don't know you the don't, right. right and wrong. Yeah, and he clearly knew what he was doing was wrong. Right. Well, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's, like, I think the only time, like, the only case that I've, or not, not the only case, but an example of a case where it's like somebody who's generally genuinely insane is that guy who um on the bus on the bus who ate people yeah like just went crazy and then like once he had been balanced out with meds it was like oh my god like i can never like forgive myself for what i did when i was in my psychotic break yeah whereas ted bundy it's like if you're taking steps to cover up what you're doing Mm -hmm. you know that it's wrong yeah yeah completely but yeah, so definitely enjoying it so far. Um, I've had one Ted Bundy nightmare since starting. What I was don't it? fully remember it, but I just remember he was around. Um, but realize I really shouldn't be reading it before bed. Mm. Um, I am not that afraid by this one, I have to say. It's more just like, I, you know, again, I think it's just like reading is such a personal experience that it brings you a lot closer to that like feeling and it just like makes me think of just how easy it would be for him to lure me in so I'd be like well he's dropping things but now it's like but now I wouldn't do that because we have Ted Bundy so it's like sorry actual people on crutches like you're not getting any help from me like that was the other thing was that like after they started getting a lot of reports that like people were spotting Ted Bundy walking around with slings and casts like the police started to be watch out for people in slings and casts and it's like what an interesting experience to genuinely have a cast during that time and have the cops be like is that real so prove like, it so the thing too is like he was giving himself casts like he had like plaster of paris or whatever that crap's called and was like making legitimate casts for himself like can you imagine he's being- like i stole it meg mind your own business <laughs> She's like, okay. She was really putting aside a lot of information. I just think she wanted so badly... To make it work. To make it work with him. And and I think she, if, she, if she ignored 
all of these warning signs it was going to work out. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think she suspected it enough that she reported it. Yeah. And then once she... And then called Utah to report that, too. And I think that, um, you know, she gave them everything she had. Yeah. You know? Like, you, you have to... So like give her some credit. Oh, totally, I do. Like, I feel for Meg, but... Yeah. And it's so easy, too, like, to sit on this side of it and be like, Meg, that was very suspicious. Yeah. But, I mean, if you love someone and you're just, like, trying everything you can to hold a relationship together, you are going to be like, no, 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 It's also just very unimaginable that someone would be oh, actually doing this. Especially if they were in any way nice to you at all. Like, it's hard, it's unfathomable to think that, like, someone could be nice to you at all and then also, like, just completely brutalize women in his downtime. <laughs> Which, like, clearly, so, like, he basically was sleeping during the day. Like, yeah. I don't, like, he did not really hold much of a job. No. Interested to see how this all progresses, which we'll, you know, we'll be updating. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I, I was more afraid of, um, Helter Skelter than this, I have to say. Yeah. But I think that a lot of that for me was because, like, of the women in that book. Yeah. Like, I think that, like, that was more disturbing to me. Oh, totally. Than... That they were just able and willing to like to like do like such brutal things when like that didn't seem to be something that was a part of their nature yeah whereas with Ted Bundy it's sort of like well clearly like he was born a specific way because yeah. it doesn't seem like there was anything that yeah would have like I don't know because I think I, I, they were having this argument on Generation Y about whether people are, like, born serial killers or if they're made serial killers. And mm-hmm. they were very much, like, on the side of, like, I think it's probably, I mean, probably both, but mm-hmm. it, there are cases where people are just literally born with that tendency. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think that'll do it for this week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week probably right yeah i think yeah we can talk about the yes but um yeah but yeah i think next week all right okay bye bye